Welcome back. It is the first day of the fall equinox and a brand new season here at Life Amplified. We're going to be doing things a little differently for the next month or so. You're going to be getting two episodes a week from me. Why am I doing that? Because I saw a recent study published that was really alarming to me. 48% of people in the United States are feeling hopeless about the future. For me, at a coaching perspective, that is a huge red flag. Number one, because hopelessness is a huge symptom of anxiety, depression, eating disorders, bipolar disorder, drug abuse, and suicidal ideation. So we want to be able to nip that in the bud. But really, if you're trying to create a massive life transformation, you have to be able to create a vision that is better than what you currently have. And where there's no hope, There's no vision. Where there's no vision, there's no action and momentum being initiated, and that is the recipe for staying stuck. So yes, you're going to be getting an episode every week from me with that deep dive mindset and trauma-informed coaching to help you rise above, to keep you moving in the right direction, and keep you aligned with your amplified life. But I also want you to understand that this is actually really possible. There's a lot of thought leaders, a lot of podcast hosts, a lot of the people on Instagram who are telling you about their life and what they've created. And it's easy, especially if you're in a place of hopelessness, to be like, yeah, but I can't make that happen for me. Today, I'm going to share three inspiring clients who've been working with me as part of my eight-week accelerator group coaching program. These are women who have absolutely transformed their life for the better. They're not just surviving. They are thriving during a global pandemic in a variety of different ways. You're going to hear stories today of people who have followed their purpose and started profitable new businesses, you know, within the first 60 days. You're going to hear of people who turn their business around from the verge of bankruptcy to generating record income. And you're going to hear a beautiful story from a woman who overcame 60 years of unhealed trauma and has finally found love again at the age of 69. Why am I sharing this? Because I want to inspire you and help you understand what is possible for your life. There's no sort of airy-fairy, new age, granola, self-help talk happening here. Uh, These ladies are going to explain in very plain terms how they've been able to create the transformation. And my hope is it inspires you to redirect, to re-energize, to refocus and step into your amplified life, not just in 2021, not when the pandemic's over, but starting today. Welcome to episode 110 of Life Amplified. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. So excited to introduce my listeners to three women that are just incredibly special to me and incredibly valued members of my client family. All of the ladies that you're going to be hearing from today are graduates of my eight-week accelerator group coaching program. 
And they're all such powerful lessons for everybody right now about what's truly possible. Like even in the, in the middle of a pandemic, we're going to talk about where these ladies were at before and how quickly they've been able to move forward during a year where most people have been faced with challenges. Claudia, let's go over to you in New Jersey. So many people are drifting through a job that they're not even really connected to. There were elements of your job that you really loved, but there were elements that made it too much and you had to walk away. So can you talk a little bit about where you were at when we first met? I love teaching and I love what I did, but it had gone so much away from that. It wasn't even about teaching in, anymore. It was about ridiculous amount of paperwork and, and, you know, these demands that had nothing to do with my kids. So I, I remember listening to you and knowing, and it's like, oh my God, he, he's so true. Like you just gotta, you know, you should walk away and have faith and stuff. And, and I was like, you know what? Okay. That's step one for me. So I wanted to leave. And then after I, felt like I'm like, oh, I, I still don't know what I need or what I wanted. So that's when I decided I'm like, you know what, if this is what I'm listening to, and Dan says, if I if I just get on this coaching thing, like, my life will come together. I'm like, well, then I can always blame him. <laughs> but it was actually the best thing that I've ever done in my life, the best investment. You know, not only did you inspire me to leave, but you inspired me to, you know, move on to the next level of my life and, you know, let go of some of these things that weren't helping me anymore and, and create a brand new mindset, you know, that's completely opposite of everything I was and and to think that it was only a year ago one year and that was it like I still can't believe it sometimes I feel like oh that was that old me was like from 10 years ago you know and I can't believe I did a 360 in like one year (laughs) we talked about what wasn't working in the job And I think that there's a lot of people who might be listening today who are sitting there going, well, God, there's so many things that suck about, you know, working at home in this digital economy, or if my boss changed, or if there was less paperwork, if I had more freedom, I would be happy, which usually is like an endless loop for frustration. Anytime we're waiting for like the system to change outside of ourselves before we decide to show up differently, we're kind of leaking power. We're giving away our control. So you told me about the frustrations initially, what was not working for you with the job. When you talk about creating this new you, let's talk about the old you. What wasn't working within you at the time? Where were you struggling? Where were the places where you were giving away your power? The places maybe where you weren't focused on, on the right things that were, and how was that affecting your day-to-day well-being? You know, it's so funny because I feel like the number one issue that I had was like, well, you know, if I only had this, you know, if I only had the the next job, the supervisor job, or if I only made X, Y, Z, you know, then I would be happier. But I realized that it's not about the external situations or people. It, it, it is this mindset that honestly, I would listen to your podcast and I was like, okay, you tell me to change my my mindset, but I keep 
thinking positively and, the, and it wasn't happening. And I really think that it's understanding that it comes within, that knowing that, you know, it's not if you get this or if you get that, that's going to change you. It's, it's honestly something that happens inside of you. And I remember you saying something about it's like peeling an onion before you just level up. You know, you have to um, uncover your traumas. You have to realizing what is is it holding you back and then to me it was like well I was undervalued I was underpaid and then not only did I undervalue myself in my career but it was like in my relationships and my friendships with my family I just felt like nothing was right so even if I did get a better job or a better position in my job it wouldn't have made me happier like now I see it that it was like I had to change me. I had to uncover the things that were really bothering me. And at first, I didn't even realize like these things were the things that were holding me back, like certain beliefs. And I didn't know like, you know, what quote unquote trauma I had. And I realized that after talking to you, you know, uncovering all these things was like, oh, wow, wow. Just every time I talk to you, it's a wow, you know, like, wow, I uncovered this. So wow, I did this. So what I'm hearing you say is, and I think you hit on something really important that I want to reinforce. You could have changed the external. You could have been promoted to the supervisor job. But what was happening with you internally, undervaluing yourself, undervaluing your time and how you spin it, getting caught up in toxic relationships, maybe being caught up in some friendships with people that drained your energy rather than gave you energy. There are a lot of these factors that you realized didn't matter what the job was or what the pay was, that you were still going to end up back at square one. Exactly. I could have gotten more money and, and now I would have just been like, no, then it, it, something else would have bothered me. You have to like dig deep within and figure out exactly what is holding you back. And I used to think like, well, it's because I don't have this, this degree or it's because I don't have this experience. But even like I said, even having the next level up, I wouldn't have been happy. And what's interesting is for you, like once we peeled back all these layers and we addressed the things internally within you, you that needed to be fixed, you sort of ended up back at square one. You said on our most recent coaching call, you were like, I am born to be a teacher, which is the thing that you thought was killing your happiness before. Tell everybody what you've been working on and how you've pivoted in your life in a way that allows you to do the work that you really love, but do it in a way that's more aligned with who you are, with, with more freedom and more control of your time and your income. So I started my own online tutoring business, which is something that I, even when I first started that, like, I'm like, I can't do this. And it was all this, you know, these all previous things like replaying in my head over and over again. And after online tutoring business took off, then I decided to go into learning pods because, you know, it's something that you always said, it's like, how can I serve others, you know? And um, I love now that I can be creative, do my own things, you know? know, still be a teacher and, and do what I love most, which is, you know, um, teaching students, especially particularly the young ones. And now I get to the luxury of doing it on my own time, you know, doing it a luxury, like eat at home. And now with this learning pod, like I have this awesome little group of students and, and parents that are looking forward for me to, you know, be the facilitator as opposed to having, you know, the parents do it themselves. So I'm still a teacher. I was always born to be a teacher. And now that all the internal 
you know, nonsense that was there, I have more freedom to be more creative and do the things that I really love to do. And this is exactly what I love to do. One of the things that just to get this context for people who might not be familiar with learning pod, right? One of the things that's been happening here during the pandemic is that families have been hiring a teacher to, you know, either work out of the basement or work out of the living room with a small group of four to five students. And then they're paying that teacher privately to facilitate the, the homeschool aspect for them. And that's what you've stepped into. Your big concern, though, when that idea first came up is like, damn, where the hell am I going to find five students and a, fam- a family is going to pay me? Bubba? All those limiting beliefs and the fear again, right? Yes. <laughs> Talk about the process of like once you announced it and put it out there to the world and just sort of like it really took the courageous action, how quickly it all came together. Seriously, even Right before I literally announced it on Facebook, I had already a person just say like, hey, one of my friends was looking in a learning pod. You might want to get into that. And I'm like, are you serious? I literally just posted my, my, you know, my Facebook page. I'm like, tell, you know, if your friend is still interested, you know, tell her to go on my Facebook page. And the parent even didn't even go look on my Facebook page, just got my number. And then after told me, it's like, Oh, I loved your Facebook page. I saw, you know, your video that you posted. And I'm like, wow, it took less than a week. And the, during this week was just me like, okay, how, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? I'm going to have to go to like, you know, find clients on over there. And then I have to travel over this. And then I have to put it online. And I'm like, I didn't even get to that point yet. <laughs> it's so funny. One of the things we talk a lot about in the coaching program is letting go of how. Most of us get so hung up, we put this invisible box around ourselves, where all the limiting beliefs are just like the walls that are boxing us in. You know, who am I to start my own business? Am I capable? Who's going to pay me this much? Where would I find students? Where's the money going to come from? And the answer to that is literally, the money is going to come from wherever the F the money is right now. You don't have to worry about that. Your job is to design the what? And as you got clear on the intention. No, I love that because it it didn't make sense to me at the time. And it's like, well, what do you mean? How, how, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do. Like, well, this is what I want to do. Well, then how do you do it? And I'm like, I have no idea what you mean. But then it became clear. It's like, you don't focus on the how. Forget the how comes, you know, answers, external answers. You need to come up with the what and the why, right? It's like, what do I want to do? And why do I want to do it? And honestly, I just wanted to teach. I wanted to teach students, particularly, I even said first grade, but I was, you know, I was open to whatever. And what I have right now is exactly for first grade students. Like, this is just amazing. Every time I just say something, it's like, oh, yeah, there it is. Like, it's just crazy. I feel like once you're, you know, quote unquote, and you used to say this all the time, and no offense, you used to drive me crazy because I'm like, well, then how do I become quote unquote aligned? And now that I am, I'm like, oh my God, this is what you've been talking about. All these years that I've been listening to your podcast, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in alignment. I'm in alignment of what I want to do, my purpose. I wanted to be a teacher. I I didn't know how at the time, you know, and then now I'm like, I want to be a teacher, but I want to be I want to make more money. I want to have the freedom to actually teach. And here I am. The universe takes care of the how. 
your job is to design the what, and not that the money piece is the most important of this, but you start in a business and it's pretty cool. Uh, I always tell people when they want to start like some sort of online business, I'm like, the hardest thing to do is make your first $10,000. Once you figure out how to make 10 grand, you can scale it. You can grow a business to six figures. I don't know how long it took me to make my first 10 grand, probably a good six months because I was just like in the early days, I was just charging so little. Do you want to just share with everybody how quickly you've made uh, your first $10,000 as an entrepreneur? Work, By the way, working for yourself with no other people that you need to pay or anything, would, would you like to share? Don't get jealous, Dan, okay? But it only took me two months. <laughs> Showing up the teacher. I love it. And when you think about this, you know, over the course of a school year, you're actually in a position from following your purpose, following your intuition, you're out earning what you would have made in the public school system and working fewer hours. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, half days, actually. Teachers know how valuable that is. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's only a half day and I'm making double my money. We're going to get back to Claudia because I have some more questions I'm going to ask to the whole group coming up in a little bit. But Claudia is a great example of somebody who just left a career and started her own business from scratch. I want to move over and talk to somebody who was already running a business. I think we talked a lot about it, how much small businesses have struggled in 2020 with the shutdowns and the lockdowns, but it's happening with the big businesses as well with like, you know, the JC Penney's and the J Cruz and so many people filing for bankruptcy. Christy is in Michigan. She runs her family small business. And you want to talk a little bit about where you were at both with the business and just where you were at personally when we linked up back in April. I would say at that time, I was operating 100% out of a state of fear and panic, constantly in fear of um, failing and just seeing the business just go into this ugly downward spiral. And then COVID hit, you know, Mm. so that wasn't great news for anyone internally. You know, I was taking on all of that responsibility myself thought that I had to carry the weight of it. And, you know, I was definitely brought up under the guise of, you know, pull up your bootstraps and and get it done. And, you know, and, and then if you can't, you're a failure. What I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from this program is that I, you don't have to go it alone, especially when you're working in a group like we did, or we, we have been and continue to do. And not to mention the universe is on your side. And that's a huge part that was I was not in line with um, when this all started. For you, there was very much this idea of it's an army of one. I have to take this on. And I think that many people do this. I've fallen into this in my own business before where it's like, it's all on me. I've got to push the boulder up the hill and I've got to get to the next level by sort of a sheer force of will, you know, but that usually means that you're working longer hours, you're working longer, you're working harder. And Christy, can you speak to that? Because when I tell people, like, if you believe that your income is just based on level of hustle and effort, the problem is, is that the level of energy and hustle and effort, the effort that you can give is finite. Eventually it will run out because you will push yourself to exhaustion. <laughs> Talk a little bit about where you were with that stress and how it was the hours you were putting in and what it was keeping you from in other parts of your life. I mean, more so than anything, it was keeping me in this state of panic. It wasn't doing me any favors, I'll tell you that much. And since I was running on the low batteries at all times, 
and and the pressure continued to mount, it was just such an ugly downward spiral. And I was finding zero joy in it. And when you come to any project with, and that's another thing, big thing that I've learned through this, if you're not bringing joy to a project, you're not going to have success with that project. Even if you do, I think that that's a thing. Like you can, you can always externally manipulate situations for a period of time. There is a window where you get, because people do take it as a badge of honor. Look how hard I work. I, I, I willed this thing to happen, but it's not sustainable joy. It's very cheap. That's true. Your relationships are hurt. If your health is hurting, if your emotional wellness is not on point. Do you want to talk about just how much things have turned around in the business for you since April, (laughs) since we first met? Let's talk about just the actual results as you've shifted internally and allowed yourself to spend more time doing things lighting you up. Talk about what the effect has been on the business. That's, I think, the most miraculous part in my eyes to, to this entire situation is that once I came to terms with why I was feeling so angry and so frustrated and operating out of fear all of the time, which had to do with some some past trauma. Once I uncovered that and started working on myself internally, I came to realize that my passion did not lie in what I was doing. Essentially, I was taking care of my family business out of obligation and not out of a desire to do that. So I started exploring a different career path, something that I was way more excited about and, um, and continuing to run the business. And things were going, you know, the way that mo- things have been going with most businesses during COVID, we were looking at bankruptcy. As I came to terms with that, I said, okay, well, maybe having this plan B and doing something that I'm more excited about is a good idea since it looks like this business is going to fail. Since I stopped carrying that weight of, um, you know, these obligations that I had and started stepping into a life that I found to be more empowering, miraculously, things with the business that looked like it was doomed started to blossom. And as I came into work, instead of carrying the weight of, oh gosh, how am I going to get through another day and going, "Hmm, this is only temporary. Maybe we don't need to take this so seriously. And maybe we can have some fun with this. We started getting grants and we started getting loans and different things were really happening for us. And most importantly, we started getting customers. And a lot of the um, business that we had that we didn't think we were going to be able to get back because of COVID came back in droves. And so now we're having, (laughs) we're setting records every month ever since I stopped crapping my pants about this. So powerful for people to understand that, you know, there's so many people who are living at the effects of, well, you know, COVID, you know, because of COVID, I can't be successful because I've got so many obligations elsewhere, I can't be successful. But really, you know, once you realize that there's nothing external to you that can override your ability to create what you want, it frees you up. I want to go back to the coaching call we had because Christy has also been focused on, you know, some of her health goals and like getting herself away from the business. You had spent, you took off a day just to spend with your niece and put in ant time. Do you remember the day that like you got on a call with us and you had felt guilty for not being in the office because you had stepped away to put in the ant time? Yeah. What are we doing any of it for if we can't enjoy time with, you know, the people that we love. What's the point? 
why drive ourselves nuts like that? You know, and that was also a big eye opener to me to say, okay, maybe I don't want to be working these 60, 70 hour weeks. How can I reframe my life to work for me rather than pushing that big boulder up the hill? It just doesn't make sense. I remember the conversation that we had. You were so afraid that by taking this time away for yourself that now you're making all these record income months. Things have totally shifted. You were so afraid it was going to go away. And I feel like the minute that the mind blown emoji of the person with like their head exploding came (laughs) up was like, Christy, if you stop to consider that you're making the record income months because you're taking more time to manage your vibration and your level of joy. And you were like, oh, oh, that's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny because we tell ourselves that we can't, we can't enjoy our lives. And we get into that mindset that we have to work hard in order to, to reach any reward. Well, yeah, hard work is, is important, but you got to make sure that you're aligned with what you're doing, with what you're striving for. And, um, and that you are taking care of yourself. So if you're not taking care of yourself, then everything else, it's going to be a struggle. That's kind of where I was before was I was getting places. I was getting some stuff done, but I was taking the hard way and you don't have to. Christy had been floating around my orbit in the coaching space for a while. You were coming to any like free webinars that I did. You had considered working with me at different times. And like many people, I think money was always an obstacle for you about like making that investment in yourself and making the commitment in hindsight. And then you said something really interesting because obviously you guys started in an eight week program and you've continued with me since then. You had mentioned something the other day, you were facing a really big challenge that had popped up in the business and you were like, oh my God, I am so glad I extended this deal and then I still have support. Yeah. What has that been like having the support to go to and shift your energy the minute that something comes up? Our coaching group is so incredibly precious to me because it's my safe space. I've probably cried in front of you and these other women more than I have in, my, in front of my best friend. I'm not even kidding. And I know that I can be 100% vulnerable and not judged by, by who were complete strangers to me just back in April. It's really incredible. But we've had some, some such serious life-changing moments together that it has formed this immediate bond. And I found myself, and it was really helpful for me to be able to reflect and go, wow, I am standing up and cheering for some of these people in this group when they're having their accomplishments. And when they talk down on themselves, I won't stand for it, you know, (laughs) and why am I treating myself that way? Mm. You know, and it made me go, oh, there's a little aha moment. Maybe I should be cheering for myself. Maybe I should not be standing for me to talk down on myself, things like that. And so it's it's interesting how you, even though we all have such different stories and such different paths that we're on, that a lot of times you can, you can gain things from what other people are experiencing and apply it to your own life. Such a huge thing that sometimes it's almost like the subconscious feels safe to learn when you're watching somebody else get coached. Because when you're not directly on the coaching hot seat and you're watching something somebody else is going through, but it applies to you, the subconscious is picking up on that. You're like, oh, wait, yeah, I do that thing too. You know, I've got that belief. 
you know, I've got that same trigger. So that's such an important point. And it's funny, I, you know, I've been in various coaching programs and, and uh, several group programs uh, over the last several years of my own growth. And some of the most important relationships in my life right now aren't necessarily the people from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Those are still people that I value, but the people where I really feel seen and heard and like I feel get me. And then like these people who are walking the same path and that truly encourage you when the rest of the world's like, well, maybe you should just give up. You should go back, <laughs> go back to the old way of being. Right now, I'm in, um, taking a course to become a certified personal trainer. My passion is coaching. I played roller derby for several years. You know, through the program, this all came to light. And I was having a conversation with one of my closest friends, and I said, you know, I really think that I could use some extra coaching physically. And maybe, you know, since I'm planning to become a trainer, maybe I should be working with a trainer so that I feel better prepared for when it's time for me to start taking on clients myself. And she said, nah, save the money, just apply what you're learning and so on and so forth. And normally, or, you know, probably six months ago, I would have said, yeah, you know, she's right. I need to hold on to my money and I need to, I need to, you know, just go it alone and work hard and, and get it done. And instead I was able to take her, take her advice in and say, you know what, that's not going to apply to me because I know coaches need coaches. My personal trainer thanks you, Dan. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I was able, I'm having such a great experience with that. And I've realized and really learned that investing and making an investment in yourself pays tenfold. It really does. So proud of you. Like, I think one of the things that Christy really illustrates is people think that change takes forever to happen. Like this idea of change is just so tough and it's this long process and it's a battle. Change happens the minute that you make a new decision. Change happens when you allow yourself to receive support if you pushed it away in the past. Change happens the minute that you make a new belief around about yourself. I mean, Christy, I remember one of the powerful things we did in our very first coaching call was realize here you were fighting so hard and working so many hours to grow a business and to make it succeed, yet you were working with like hardware, like at the subconscious level, if you remember that also had these beliefs that you were incapable of success, which totally it doesn't matter if you're working 180 hours a week, if at the level of belief, you believe you're incapable, you're, that's the circumstances that you're going to recreate. And yet once we shifted that so early on, here you were within weeks turning around a business from the verge of bankruptcy to record income. And not and that doesn't even talk about the changes within you. So change happens the minute you make a new decision. Progress can take a little bit of time, but not as much as people think. And I think Christy is just like a super super powerful uh, example of that. Thank you for sharing your story. And last and certainly not least, we're checking in with Louise up in Ottawa. You know, we've talked about people who like wanted to leave a soul-sucking career and start their own business. We talked about people who were in uh, running their own business, but they were struggling to succeed and ultimately found a better path and have found their purpose in the process. Louise, you came to me in a completely different way. 
And what was interesting is you weren't one of the people that was floating around my coaching orbit for a while. You just found me on Facebook. Louise, if you don't mind me saying, you are 69 years old, you are retired, and you were a widow. And you had very different reasons that led you to reach out and seek for support. Do you want to talk a little bit about where you were when we first met in April? I was pretty far down the slope. I was feeling pretty crappy about myself. I knew that I could be more and I knew that I could be better and happier, but I I didn't know how. I just come off a kind of a nasty breakup with with someone who had been with for three and a half years. I felt used and I felt like the carpet at the front door that people just walked all over me. Mm, That was really in pertaining to that relationship you went through. By the way, he broke up with Louise via text about a week before our coaching program started. So screw that guy, by the way. He missed out on the Louise (laughs) train. He doesn't deserve the best of Louise that she's bringing to the world now. But was that feeling of feeling used, feeling like the carpet at the front door, was was that a pattern that was exclusive to your relationship or was that really a theme that had shown up in multiple areas of your life? It turned out to be a theme that has has shown up throughout my life since I was uh, quite a young child. And um, I discovered through lots of soul searching and coaching and occasional aha moments, probably since I was four, that Mm -hmm. I hadn't felt seen or heard. I felt like I was at the beck and call of whoever. Louise, Mm -hmm. come here. Louise, do this. And I think that colored like all of my work relationships, all of my romantic relationships. And so by the time I hit, you know, 69 and being dumped by text, I was feeling pretty crappy about myself. I still remember the first phone call we did before you signed the signed up for the program. Louise also just has this beautiful creative spirit and this playful energy about her. One of the things that you had shared with me on the call, you're like, look, I plan on being around for at least another 30 years. So I, I want to figure this out. What was the shift for you? Because I also know that you had gone through other modalities of healing and working through therapy. What was different about the process that you've been through this year that's really helped you to make this rapid transformation that we're going to talk about you know, coming up in a few minutes? Well, I think that the big difference for me was that a lot of the counseling and therapy stuff that I'd done before was all mental. Mm -hmm. I knew that some of the things that had happened to me when I was very young were not my fault. I knew that. I knew that I hadn't done anything wrong, but that's not what my heart said. My -hmm. heart said, you were a bad girl. You deserved it. People walk all over you because you're not worth being respected. That's Um, called shame, by the way. That's how I felt. And I think because all of the work that we've done over the past few months has been focused on, well, how did you feel? What was Mm. the feeling? And what was the first time you felt this? And um, how old were you when you felt this? And being able to pinpoint the feeling so that 
I could deal with the feeling because the feeling hadn't gone away in all those years of counseling and therapy. And had you spent a lot of years trying to push down any of those feelings and not deal with them? What were the ways that you were coping just to manage? Because we're talking about trauma that is over 60 years old. That's a lot of time to be carrying the burden. What were the ways that you were coping that kept you stuck? I worked hard. I used every creative neuron I had in my brain to come up with new ideas and new projects and new ways of doing things, trying to get the kind of acknowledgement or recognition that I never had growing up. Spending all that time doing that didn't leave me any time for looking at all those feelings. Whenever those feelings would start to come up, I'd just work harder. I think that's such an important point that you're touching on that I think that somebody is relating to right now, that if I just do more, if you're starting at a level of shame, which says I am bad, I am wrong, if that's where you're at at the level of cause, the effect is either I have to punish myself, which people will find ways to do that, or it's like I need to work harder to be worthy. But you never really get to that point. You can continue to work. And you were so successful in your career with all sorts of accolades. If if I'm not wrong, you have like Lifetime Achievement Awards in your profession. You were so successful in your work career, but it still came back to this point of still not feeling enough. Right. I mean, even in terms of, of family life, I have elderly parents who are 98 and 93. And other people would say, oh, your parents are so lucky to have you and, um, you know, how you take care of them and take them to their doctor's appointments and do this and do that. And um, in the meanwhile, inside, I'm feeling like, that four or five-year-old kid who when someone says, oh, aren't you wonderful helping your mommy and daddy? I just want to kick them in the shins. (laughs) Go away. You know, I'm not doing this because I'm a wonderful person. You know, so even like six months ago, when someone would say, isn't that wonderful that you're helping your parents or you must be such a patient person with a daughter who has a disability. And it's like, no. (laughs) And so a big coping mechanism for you is also just taking care of other people and attending to other people. And there were, it was before the program. So what I'm hearing you say, Louise, ultimately is that you sort of went from this place of trying to consciously change your thoughts to really addressing having a program and a mentorship program and an implementation system that helped you tap in and create change at the subconscious level. I didn't know that's what I was getting into. (laughs) I just, I mean, even on the the free sessions that you did, I skipped the first three because I thought, ah, this is not going to help. And then I kind of scooted in on the last three with no video (laughs) and just kind of hung out and just something struck, struck a chord. It resonated. And it it was like my intuition said, do this. My brain kind of went, this isn't going to work. This is not going to do anything. But my intuition said, do it. And so here I am. 
So let's talk about the transformation. We know where you were. We talked about what you healed. And, and again, you didn't come in per se, I think, with a specific plan. You know, so many no. other people are like, I want to f- turn around my business. I want to start a business. I want to leave my job. And th- they all did that. But let's talk about where you're at today. Do you want to talk about this new relationship you found in the middle of a pandemic? Back in April, I I wasn't real sure I ever wanted another relationship, to be honest. Kind of thinking like the men were more trouble than they were worth. But toward the end of the first eight weeks, I decided that, you know, now that I've learned these things about me and I'm I'm getting better... I'll just see. It just happened one day out of the blue. I got this message from somebody who also has a daughter with disabilities who lives at home. And he wasn't sure what he was looking for, but he was just kind of testing the waters too. So we met, instant connection. It was like, oh, he knows what it's like to hear a strange sound in the middle of the night and jump out of bed and go and see what's wrong with your daughter. And here's someone who tries to offer his daughter all of the opportunities that he can possibly think of. So he'll, he'll obviously understand that I have a daughter who needs a lot of my attention. Within just three or four weeks, we were um, well on the way to establishing a long-term relationship. And now it's, you know, once the danger of COVID is uh, manageable, we're off on a road trip to Arizona. We are going on a Disney cruise, the four of us together. We're trying to figure out how we can make family out of two separate units. And one of the things that I think one of the moments that we all cried about on a call together one day is when I you were talking about like the, just the euphoria of this new, new relationship. And I think at that point, Louise had had her first overnight date, right? <laughs> like we, we were all excited, but I asked you, I was like, Louise, what enabled all this to happen? What's the shift? And you just said three words. Your answer was three words. Do you want to tell people ultimately the the real results and and the thing that shifted for you? The real shift that that happened that kind of allowed all the other shifts to happen was that I started to love myself. I spent a lot of time in meditation and in just introspection, loving that little four-year-old, five-year-old child, hugging and just talking to her like you would to any five-year-old that was in need of love. That inner child work is so real. When people would talk to me about inner child work like four years ago, you know, I'd be like, ah, oh, that's a bunch of granola, new age, psycho babble <laughs> BS. Like, and then I spent pretty much all 2019 having to do my own inner child work. And I was like, oh yeah, th- this thing actually matters, right? And, and I think that that's important because it's not like you have a child living inside of you, right? But it's really a metaphor for that deeply sensitive part of yourself that did not get its needs met as a child. And therefore also believes it can't get its needs met 
as an adult, you know, and many times we have that four-year-old version of ourselves running a business or showing up in a marriage or in a relationship or as a parent. And that's where, you know, so many times we can find ourselves off track. So Louise, you've just shown up with so much courage. And there's one other thing I wanted to mention that you had shared with us is the fact that, you know, one of the other things, and this is, and I'm not anti-medication. I do believe that medication can save people's lives, but I know that I was on it for a number of years in my 20s and I couldn't get anywhere being on Lexapro. You're making some big adjustments in terms of uh, changing some things that you've used to try to help you in the past. Do you want to share a little bit of that? Yeah, I've been on antidepressants for somewhere between 15 and 20 years. Mm. And I know that there certainly have been times when I, I really needed it. For the past at least three months, even though... You know, my family doctor has said, you know, I do all the monthly checklist kind of thing. Have you lost interest in activities that you used to enjoy, blah, blah, blah. And on those measures, I, I test out as not being depressed at all. And my doctor said, well, I would say that you're not depressed now, but you'll probably need to stay on this medication for life. Well, I've been so undepressed in the last three months that I don't think I need it at all. Yeah. Um, and so the plan is to figure out a way to gradually wean off the antidepressant medication. Amazing. I've, I've weaned off all my pain medications, which is great. My brain is clearer. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know, taking medication to numb pain. I, I'm drinking far less. It wasn't that I was drinking a lot, but it's like if I have a glass of wine, it's because I want to enjoy the taste of the glass of wine. Sure. And not as a coping device. I think of how many people just like go through their life not dealing with the trauma or intellectually getting it, but not doing the deeper work at the emotional level. And there's a, a big cost to us when we don't do that. I mean, it does cost us years of joy or living as vibrantly as we want. Yeah. But, but I also think you're such a powerful example that it's never too late to make a change and commit to being happy and to commit to a new way of being. So I'm so inspired by you. And you know, it's, just, it's been such a pleasure and such an honor to, well, to work with all of you this year. Here's my question for you. We're going to wind this down. A couple things. For somebody who's stuck, I saw somebody on Facebook who like literally believed that they were being domed by 2020. That was what they put. It was very 50 shades of gray. People feel tied down. They feel restricted. They feel like they're unable to, to create the life they want because of the external circumstances of the world. There's a pandemic. There's a lockdown. There's a protest. There's a political season here in the U.S. What is the big thing? If you got to share one message for people about what's possible based on what you've learned over the past six months, what would that be? I would say that the thing that I've found has helped me the most is to take the steps that are going to be most empowering. Choose the thoughts that are going to be most empowering. There's been times where I've definitely found myself in that struggling with something and thought, okay, should I do this or should I do this? Kind of a fork in the road situation. When I've taken the road that is most empowering, miracles happen. 
to making a choice that moves your life forward. That's always yep. the right choice. I think that that's so important for people. Once you know that you get to have whatever it is you desire, which I think a lot of times we don't even believe that based on like our childhood or the circumstances of our trauma or history, attachment history. Once you know that you get to have whatever you want, it just becomes easy. It's just like, what's the next right step? And Christy's been doing that all this year. That's awesome. Anybody else? What is, uh, what is the biggest thing that you've learned this year that you would want to share with people today? Yeah, Claudia. Um, I feel like it's my mindset that's changed. Like really, truly believing in all these things that at first I never thought it was possible. And listening to your podcast and, you know, and even throughout the eight week um, program that we were in the first time, like we were saying, like all these people are moving forward. And I'm like, well, why not me? And I think this became like our slang, our, our thing, like, you know what, why not me? It was believing in myself and having someone to honestly point out like my blind sides and knowing like, no, no, that's not a blind side. You're just crazy. Go forward. You know, like that helped out a lot too. <laughs> I have never once called you crazy. I would like to defend myself <laughs> in this situation. How dare you slander my good name? But I think that that's important, right? So many times we're searching for strategy. We're looking for the next strategy or a meditation or the green juice recipe or, you know, the, the next podcast or the audio book. None of those things matter if you're still working at the level of bad programming and disempowered beliefs. At the end of the day, the subconscious will always win. So you can try to manipulate things in the conscious mind and repeat the positive affirmations. But unless you've really addressed the underlying cause of the subconscious beliefs, I would say impossible to create lasting change. You can manipulate it for a short period of time, but you'll sort of go back to who you are at the level of subconscious identity. So I love the fact that you brought that up. Thank you, Claudia. Louise, any final thoughts? You, you get the final yeah. word today, Louise. <laughs> I think that one of the most powerful ones for me was that I'm the creator of my life. The outside world and other people, they don't make me, they don't make my life, they don't make what I believe. I do that. So I can create whatever life I want. I just have to do what feels right for the next thing. If it feels right, do it. Don't analyze it and think it to death, which is one of my prior failings. Um, figuring out what could go wrong or what, how do, how do I do this? Just do it. I think people get this twisted because sometimes unfortunate circumstances happen in the external world. And we're never really in control of that. And we can get so caught up and, uh, well, I didn't create the pandemic, Dan. I didn't create the stock market or the economy falling down. I didn't create like, no, you, you might not have, but you are fully in a creative mode when you decide what you're making it mean for you. And there are so many people like, you know, right now who've probably given up or there, there are people who are in that position of, I'm just, I'm going to wait. I saw a friend on Facebook recently who said, well, I need to get my professional life together, but I don't even know. I'm going to wait till the apocalypse is over. It's that passive reactive way to living your life. And it's funny as I'm saying that Christy is like making this angry face. <laughs> the fact that somebody <laughs> would even say that. You could but, thrive during the pandemic and why not? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can thrive at any time in your life. Yeah. And it, you know, it is a choice for most people. If you don't believe that you can get there, it's all the more reason why you need mentorship, you know, with somebody who can hold yeah. that certainty for what your life can be, who can see the possibilities on the days when you can't. And that's why I'm just, it's been such a pleasure. One of my favorite calls of, of the week every week is when I get on with these ladies and get to celebrate everything that they're doing. So thank you for sharing your stories. Can I ask you a question? Does it feel like you're talking to Charlie's Angels? Do you feel like Charlie? (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. You guys have to fight over who's which angel, I guess. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The other powerful thing about doing this in a group is that you get to see other people who thought they were stuck, who felt hopeless, make big changes. You get to... Feel the power of those changes and know that it's possible for you too. Just to know that other people in the group, we all have different challenges and our lives are very different, but the feeling and the just the, the power of self-realization that happens um, that leads to such tremendous changes. You see someone else do it and then you go wait a minute, that, that applies to what I'm doing in a different way, but okay, deep breath. <sighs> this could happen for me too. And so important too, that I think so, so often out there in the, in the muggle world <laughs> for people who aren't <laughs> doing the work, right? It's easy to see other people succeed and almost use that as a way to compare yourself and say that, oh, wait, you know, I'm not enough. And there's been something so powerful in this coaching container of like people seeing the, the examples or seeing the wins, but it almost being rocket fuel to propel you further, yes. you know, during those times when you're not sure that it's possible. Yes. Um, and it's just been inspiring for me as a coach, because I have next levels that I'm working toward. And there's days when, you know, that the inner critic kicks in and says, well, Dan, you're aiming too high. But it's why I love this call so much is watching you guys just move forward and and move mountains in a short period of time reminds me why I do this. And also that, yes, I can create those same things, too. Trust me, you guys are here. And I know that I'm the teacher, air quotes, but uh, you guys teach me and inspire me every week when we get on the calls. So I appreciate you all sharing your story. And I'm so excited that you get to share this with the world. And uh, I love you guys. Charlie's Angels. Angels. (laughs) Angels, you've all accepted the next mission. Good job, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. I hope you loved meeting those ladies as much as I've loved working with them this year. A couple key bullet points that really stick out for me. Christy saying that you can't be successful if you aren't bringing joy to your life. Also, this idea that, you know, we believe that hustle and hard work is going to help us build income. But as we learned today, it could be the excessive hustle and hard work that's keeping you in a low vibration and keeping you broke. Uh, Claudia's story about letting go of the how and how the universe is working behind the scenes to work out all the details of your goals in a more efficient way 
than you could ever imagine. Also, like how much have we wasted and leaked our power over the course of 2020 by trying to control other people and situations, by wishing the pandemic were over, by trying to post articles on Facebook to change your family members' minds about politics. When you stop trying to control and manipulate the outside circumstances, you can focus your energy on the one thing that is in your control, which is your purpose and how you're showing up to bring it to life. And I also love Louise just sharing about how many blind spots that she had that she just couldn't see and how some of the issues that were showing up in her relationships were impacting the other parts of her life, right? How you do one thing is how you do all things. But remember, wherever you're feeling stuck, there is a path for you to move forward. I hope this inspires you. You can go back and listen to 109 episodes before this one with all the tools and strategies and the mindset work we've given you. And we will be back later this week uh, to give you some more valuable information so you can turn down the volume on your negativity and turn up the volume on your purpose By the way, if you need some outside support to get refocused, to be re-energized, to realign with your goals, I do have some spots open right now for coaching. You can apply at the link on my website. Go to creativesoulcoaching.net. And I will see you back here later this week with another episode of Life Amplified. Thank you so much for listening.